You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Hi, this is Stuart Wright, just cutting in before the start of the show to let you know that this conversation that I had with Beatrice Newman is a little bit of a break from the norm. I've been out on the road, well, not literally, but virtually at the very least, and this discussion you're about to hear took place as part of the Imagination Exchange, a series of online talks, workshops and conversations that explored what it means to connect across interests and creative focus. The conversations were undertaken as part of development work for two large-scale festival projects in 2021 and 2022 and were produced by The Barbican in collaboration with creative individuals and organisations from Waltham Forest. On with the show. So um, the aim of this conversation is is not obviously, we're not going to resolve sustainability in 40 minutes. I think that'd be a big ass. So I think the aim of this conversation is to unpack some of the headlines with regard to sustainability in film, point you to some resources that you can check out after tonight and look at what the UK film industry is already doing and where more can be done, which is where you and I all fit in, I guess. So in, with that in mind, sustainability is an ongoing challenge that will get easier the more the more people that take personal responsibility to get involved. We hope that um, <clears throat> we can start you off on a journey or for those already on board, make you aware of where you can put your best efforts and and where freely available resources are at your fingertips. Um, Beatrice is going to mention a few websites, I imagine, during the conversation. So um, when I put this out, what I'm going to do is, in addition to what goes out on Miro, I will make this available via the Britflix podcast, and um, I'll put all the links and resources to in, in the show notes. And I've, I've already shared a few with Vilna already, which I think are available on Miro, but but they'll, be, they'll all be contained together within the show notes. Um, and if we get time, which we hopefully allow five, ten minutes in, we'll uh, be able to address some of your questions if you have any. So um, the focus is going to be on clim- the climate change emergency in, in the sense of being greener, as it were. However, we will be making time to cover, to look at mental health and well-being too. So let's start at the beginning. Uh, Beatrice, um, Sustainability isn't a new 
concept, is it? So what does it mean? I mean, I've I've read, you know, live the best life you can live as a kind of catch-all phrase, which sounds nice. So what what how and why is that important for us to understand? So yeah, I, I do want to start to kind of give frame it and define it how I look at sustainability and and because um you, a lot of people maybe know it, especially in a business sense, when you talk about sustainability, you actually talk about a business making enough money to actually be able to survive. And it's also in the, in the film industry, it has been a big conversation for a long time, is how can you um, grow, how can you develop as as um, business, your career, and actually be able to live. Of it. So that's kind of the really historic um, definition of it. And this has been really broadened. And the big thing uh, which kind of uh, uh, entered the film industry was actually looking at environmental sustainability. So we're going to be talking a lot about that. Um, but what I find really, really, really important, and it's kind of interesting that the film and TV industry hasn't really taken to widening sustainability to that enough or at all is to also include social sustainability, which is more about making any kind of changes and and also, you know, becoming carbon zero eventually, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, making it a, a just process and taking into account that it also has a social impact. So that's kind of really key for me um, when I look at sustainability. So, um, for example, the courses I'm designing, they're 50% environmental, 50% uh, on social su- sustainability, which also looks at work relationships, for example. Um, what's a really good place to kind of get your head around how wide you can cast the sustainability discussion is uh, when you look at the UN Sustainable Development Goals. If you put that into Google, you get them. They have really, really nice graphics and you will see it's really far reaching and actually the environmental uh, goals in it are actually only a, a probably not even a third of them uh, relate to environment. Uh, it's also uh, getting rid of poverty and a lot of other things. Um, but a lot of activists in the field of sustainability um, have started to uh, reference these goals. So that's a really good kind of point. A lot of artists actually have uh, references um, goals. For example, uh, Olafur Eliasson has made a whole project around them. Um, yeah, so that was the important start what we actually well let's let well thanks for that Beatrice and and so let's let's start with the bad news first before we get into the practicalities of it because um the the environmental side is is the kind of bit that's got the headlines over the last few years so let's start there why, why is it important that we talk about this and, and what and what are the the headlines in terms of the emergency we face as a planet Beatrice yeah I mean I think I um I'm not gonna tell anybody any news that we are uh, that actually uh, this government has declared a climate emergency. So it is um, we are there. It's high time uh, we all engage in it um, because uh, so what we basically what we have to avoid is uh, further global warming, 
Uh, we don't, we want to keep global warming under 1.5 uh, degree. And, um, and it's um, basically, we can see now the effects undeniable all around us. I would say, if you look at the weather we had in the last couple of days, that's quite a good indication of, of how crazy things are getting. And uh, so, and also kind of something I'm kind of personally at the moment dealing with, I'm selling my flat in Wolfenstow, and it's um, quite close to the marshes. Uh, so I'm barely above sea level, and it's now affecting um, buyers in the sense that they, that they have to do all sorts of proofs uh, for their mortgage lenders uh, to actually get a mortgage on it. Um, so that's new. That, did, that didn't happen when I bought that flat. So, <laughs> um, so and actually, I it, it was something, I must say, was in the back of my mind, and the house I'm buying now, um, and uh, I feel super lucky I'm going to move to Yorkshire, is um, on, I actually made a note, on 226 meter above sea level and in a low risk flood zone. So it's things we just have to consider now in, in kind of daily decisions we have to make. And there's so much information on that. We will break some of it down as we go forward. So um, I've seen a lot of uh, Greta Thunberg on the telly. Um, and and, I've under, and I understand that there's a there's a great there's a great passion for change within the youth. So why why is it not the responsibility of that generation? Why can't we just forget about it, Beatrice? Well, uh, I feel really guilty when I watch her because I think, oh my God, I let you know I've, I'm kind of middle aged. I kind of helped let this happen because I didn't kind of care enough. Um, you know, I thought. Yeah, I care about the environment. I recycle. I always recycle. I take my own bags to the shop and not take any plastic carrier bags. I thought, yeah, I'm doing quite well. Um, and uh, but it's um, uh, and actually, I've, I don't think I was going to uh, do that here. But why not? Um, so I want to tell you just a little thing that happened to me, kind of my epiphany moment, if you like. Um, so I teach one of the thing, many things I do is um, teach a module on distribution festivals and marketing at Sheffield Hallam University. And um, I had, uh, so I have all these fabulous film production students who are doing their graduation films and they have to design a campaign around it. Um, uh, and I had this young woman, uh, amazing young woman, who made a film about plastics. So it was a couple of years ago, maybe three, four years ago. And um, so it just was kind of a bubbling up conversation. And uh, she was so passionate about it. In those three months I was teaching, became an activist, a climate activist. And she really inspired us. Um, first of all, she made a great film. And I tell you, all of us tutors, and we were quite a few of them uh, across the course, we all had bamboo tooth toothbrushes at the end. Um, but it was really this moment where I just realized, I, you know, kind of recycling is not enough anymore. I, you know, if I want to claim I'm, you know, environmentally <laughs> conscious, I have to do a little bit more. Um, and um, also kind of really thought, well, it's not, the job of a 16-year-old teenager in Denmark, or no, in Sweden, sorry, she's Swedish, um, to kind of make this happen. Um, obviously, I mean, 
that we it got that far has a lot to do with big industry. But I think in terms of us understanding how we um, can actually change things, what we have to demand and how, you know, this future could look like, I think we have to live it. And that was kind of my starting point that I started actually looking at my own personal life first and started to make changes. So getting rid of plastics was kind of, or, you know, facing them out um, was kind of my first step into that. And, um, well, and as I say, as we pointed out already, um, now is the time. Now is the time. Uh, and I also think um, it's if we kind of start doing it now and, and have a bit of time to get used to it and phase it into our lives, it will be a lot less painful because there's already a lot of um, laws in the works which actually going to force us us to make changes and that will be a lot more painful um and i don't think it has to be well look there is uh we, we we've all um we've all just lived through um or are living through the covid uh, crisis that came along from nowhere and out of that there was a huge experiment in terms of being kinder to the planet because suddenly we weren't able to do the things that we were able to do willy-nilly and freely before so what 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 have you seen what have you seen there Beatrice that uh, has been sort of the green shoots of hope as it were well i i mean i really enjoyed not having planes over my garden that's for a start <laughs> also i noticed that even though uh, uh wolfram so is not too bad in terms of being able to actually see some stars at night uh it gotten better um so that was that was immediate and i and also what um i think we all uh, I'm sure uh, would notice is the um, improvement of the air quality, just you know being to breathe a bit easier. Not also things not smelling so bad. Maybe smelling a bit more in your garden than the pollution. Um, so I think you know we all had a chance to experience it. What it means if there's a reduction, and what I really acutely then noticed it as things started opening up even already last summer. I immediately um, could feel and smell and breathe the pollution levels rising um, because we had that moment. And I think for me, I got really worried that we're coming out of this because then, you know, all of a sudden when, uh, uh, when it came to, for example, green production, um, uh, all of a sudden, you know, recommendation in terms of uh, being able to produce film and TV during COVID was going back to single-use plastics and all of these things, which made me really worried because I thought, no, that's not really necessary. And we shouldn't use that as an excuse to actually step back rather than forward. Um, So, um, however... um, Bad news again is that, and I learned that from the uh, Greta Thunberg uh, um, BBC series, is that actually the uh, CO two levels haven't really gone down uh, because actually everybody went online and uh, that actually increased um, levels. So we didn't actually it didn't even stop. It actually crept up, just not at the same speed. So um, 
shame I would have loved to have a little bit better news than that. Um, and I think because I look at sustainability also in a social uh, um, sense, um, it obviously uh, hit, you know, poor people and, and um, you know, those, those more disadvantaged people that were worst hit by the pandemic. And I think that is another thing, you know, uh, I'm really worried about going forward as we actually all these support measures are going. And especially in the film industry, a lot of us, um, so I've been self-employed now for quite a few years. I was very lucky to be still working during the pandemic because I actually didn't qualify for any support. So it would I would have gotten really difficult if I hadn't um, had been lucky enough to be working. So, um, well, look, uh, Beatrice, <laughs> um, the now that that thanks for bearing with us there because that that's very much the kind of macro side of things, yeah. and obviously you as you as individuals and people working for companies and in in, in film want to know how that personal responsibility that I mentioned at the outset probably can be can be acted upon and how we can lead that best life we can live. Um, so. One of the things that Beatrice introduced me to is this idea that we can all become carbon literate, which is not a phrase that I was particularly familiar with. I don't know if anybody listening in has heard that before. So where where can where can people start with that idea and what and what does carbon literacy help you as a, as, a, as an individual, Beatrice? How do you see it? But so if you want to start engaging and it's kind of, you want to know the facts, right? You want to know why you're doing this, but that's at least my approach to things. I want to know, I want to know why I'm doing things and what, you know, what impact it might have. And actually what is the problem I'm trying to tackle here? And um, it's really, if you start looking at that whole thing uh, and, and that's why we picked climate emergency as the focus here, it impacts on so many things. So it can be really overwhelming. So it's, it's kind of, and then also, um, um, so carbon literacy is really getting kind of the basic facts uh, there. And it's also important because, um, you know, we, we want to, convince our partners, our friends, our families, our surrounding, uh, what's surrounding us, maybe our colleagues, um, um, that, you know, it's a good idea to be a bit more conscious. So, but a lot of them will know facts. So it helps to kind of be able to actually talk about it. Um, so um, if you're in the film and TV industry, really easy way to get like a first kind of introduction to it only takes for hours doesn't cost any money uh you can head over to albert they have free training and um so one of the courses which give you a lot of the information is the sustainable production training and they run it like regularly um when you go there you will see sold out sold out sold out sold out just keep scrolling and you find one which is available in within two weeks time i think you can sign on there's also one for storytellers so um if you want to approach it on a more creative thing which is you know telling stories and uh you know letting it bleed in your creative creative work so um you can approach it from that side too yeah, I, I just want to. I just want to add there, Beatrice, as, as as a writer, I looked in looking into that. You can on on the Albert website. You can 
you can see di- you can see diagrams of how they've organized sort of stories that are being written and how they can become social messaging. So there's a predominance. I think Brexit was the most dominant thing that is being influ- is is what being influenced by narrative writing and sort of environment and climate was really low down the order. And, and essentially it's a bit like um <clears throat> what Bitches was saying about how the training can help tell your friends that therefore we as creatives can be sort of subconsciously informing everybody of what's the better thing to do through through our work. And uh I've I've started listening to a lot of podcasts since I'm doing all this research at the moment for my courses. And actually through uh, so different podcasts like Mothers of Invention was one I quite enjoyed. Unfortunately, at the moment, no new episodes, but uh, still worth uh, listening to the old ones. Um, and uh, there is a huge agreement across the board that storytelling and telling stories and getting the message across that way is actually the best way to convince people. So um, Let's do it. Um, so another thing, and I'm going to quickly pick it up because I forgot to prepare. <laughs> um, if some, if you haven't got much time, but you just want to, you know, and you don't want to maybe do a, another webinar and sit for, in front of another screen, I found this little book. My sister actually gave it to me. Um, Small Gases, Big Effect, the, um, this is climate change. It's, as you can see, it's really small, has lots of diagrams, and it, uh, it's really brilliant. So it's now in English translation. I had it in German. And um, it's really great because I basically one chapter is one page, so you can really get, like, really easy facts it will be one of the links I make available. By the way, anything I mention, I don't get any money paid by anyone for mentioning that. So it's just stuff I found, which I hope uh, will be useful to you. But don't worry, I'm not getting paid for that. Um, <laughs> there's, 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 um, there's, it's, it's. Having, having watched the, um, the, the, the recent Greta Thunberg TV show where she, she interviewed Richard Attenborough. If you, anyone's seen that. Um, it's it's very easy to feel overwhelmed, and I guess some of the things that were introduced at the beginning of this are kind of like, well, what, how how do I fit into this? What, what can what can I do? Um, and 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 the key advice seems to be is not to try and tackle everything. Your 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 you know sustainability, as as Beatrice said at the top, is a, is a, it's also about su- your business surviving. It isn't just you know we can't we can't we can't save the world and save our businesses and everything all at the same time. You have to sort of prioritize. The way you go about things, because the sort of race to be green isn't something that you get to an end line and then it stops. This is an evolutionary process. I mean, it's a a de-evolutionary process that's got us in the mess in the first place. So, in a sense, it's like unlearning the bad habits to create the good habits, which will make a happier planet. So, Beatrice, do you want to talk about how how we can choose our green battles and why that's the better? A better approach than simply just what do I need to do? Do it all. Yeah. Uh, it and it is. It is. It can. You can go into real rabbit hole when you start looking at the complexities of it, especially if you're taking going beyond the green sphere as well. But you know, every climate change activist um, also uh, a lot of them also look at climate what they call climate justice, which plays into the social sustainability debate. But um, 
so there is so what uh, a lot of these uh, resources tell you, and Albert is one of them, is to really um, work out what is the worst thing you do, what is the thing which increases your own carbon footprint the most, and start with that. Obviously, you know, it's definitely good if you have uh, your reusable cup and, and, you know, and your water bottle, uh, great things, not making this a huge impact. Um, there are probably bigger things you do every day, which um, is worth, um, you know, looking at. Um, but how do you find this out? So first of all, you have to know what is having a huge impact on my life. And that's very different for everybody because we all have different lifestyles. We make different choices every day. So um, one good thing is, um, so there's carbon footprint calculators around. And uh, when you're looking on, when you, it depends what, area you want to tackle in your life if you want to tackle your personal life um uh, then the best thing is to google individual carbon footprint calculator because they gives you ones which look at um kind of daily habits rather than a specific industry because then for example the film industry so albert has one for um on-set production that looks really specifically on on-set production the way these work is um, they usually give you a, a set of questions. Some give you loads of questions. Some a bit le- bit less. So I give you. I mention. I will mention one which I quite liked was the Climate Hero one. And again, the link will come your way. Um, and um, it's quite a big question. It looks at you know your buying, your consumption habits, uh, how much you travel. Um, you know, how uh, how things in your household, do you use green, you know, have you signed up to a green energy tariff? Um, you know, uh, how, yeah, do you use, um, you know, your own um, tote bag to go shopping or not? Things like that. Do you, do you have energy saving light bulbs? You know, all of these things you get asked. And so you put in all your answers. Obviously, uh, you can do this as often as you want. So if you want to kind of find out uh, how the the outcome and your your CO2 impact changes, your footprint changes, then obviously you can up it or down it and see what happens. But um, what I really like about this one is, first of all, it's quite it asks you quite a lot of questions, so it's a bit more accurate in terms of what you get back. Uh, you get and it. You know, you get a lot of information with it when you get the result. And um, it, you can then look at what you do really well already, So, which is really good because you actually need some positive um, feedback here too. And then it tells you um, where you – and then it, uh, it encourages you to pledge to do better in the areas you're not doing so well yet. So you basically can do your own little pledge you tick the boxes you want to tackle um, in the next few weeks and uh, or next few months. And then um, it basically you then have a plan. So um, that is a great way to make a start and start breaking it down. Um, if it's still really overwhelming, I found a really great thing, which was actually um, 
actually, I learned about it on, uh, um, you know, in lockdown, wanting to kind of do something for myself. I, I attended a course, Science of Wellbeing, and um, I discovered a really great tool. It's called Whoop, so W-O-O-P. And again, I give you the... Um, I will give you the link. And uh, so it really breaks it down. It stands for wish, opportunity, obstacle, and plan. And um, and when you go on their website, whoopmylife.org, um, it tells you everything about uh, this toolkit. And it was developed by scientists. And it's really great. Um, it And it really helps you to actually... Um, solve that little problem you put into that group and there's even an app on the phone you can do so um, that is a great thing if you need a bit breaking down and it's all too much Beatrice in life by the way (laughs) Beatrice we're gonna we're gonna share we're gonna share an image now with people so they can get a sense of the um, hopefully everyone can see this this is this is a this is a a, a diagram of the sort of end-to-end filmmaking process Um, do you want to do you want to talk about where where the film industry is doing is doing best film and TV industry is doing best and and where where more can be done or where where opportunities should be looked for Absolutely and uh credit for the this beautiful slide goes to Stuart by the way and to his wife Tiff who did the uh, filmy recycling logo Um so um where Actually, a lot of green sustainability uh, um, discussion is concentrated on is on the actual production process in film and TV. And TV is actually, uh, if you look on on uh, BBC and Channel Four, almost every production has uh, the Albert Sustainability Certificate. So there is um, TV has really pushed. Um, to kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, make a change there. However, it really um, uh, tackles only the production process. Um, If you look on the Albert website, it takes you to the steps of it. You basically apply in pre-production. You kind of uh, look at every area. Then, um, you know, you implement it during production, then you report on it, and then you offset all the bad stuff, and then you get a certificate. It's kind of, in principle, how it works. So, but basically where you have to deliver is on set. And uh, everything else is really not that much talked about. Um, Film festivals have been actually uh, really picking up uh, their pace in terms of delivering more sustainable events um, and uh, actually also especially also independent cinemas have been uh, um, quite good at it for example I'm a member of the Castle Cinema in Hackney um, and um, I actually always wondered why there wasn't a bin when you went out of the cinema because even also in commercial cinemas, I pick up my trash and put it away. Um, and I couldn't put it away anyway, so I carried it back home until I realized they actually should have communicated better, though. They actually have a green policy, and uh, part of the green policy for cinemas is that you take your rubbish away. Beatrice, so Beatrice, I just want yeah. to say that, the, and the, the important thing here is is in, in, this, in the diagram is 
is that as we as we come away, as we go backwards through the process to development, as we go forward to exhibition, there's less sort of regulation, and therefore this message at the at the outset of this sort of webinar about how it becomes com- personal and therefore company responsibility on on what you're doing to become a greener industry, because there isn't an Albert certificate to be gained in development, um, and 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 that's where with the carbon literacy we can. <clears throat> we can become better informed as, as filmmakers and as film companies. Um, one of the things that Beatrice surprised me with in terms of where one of our biggest things is at the dish sales and distribution end of it, going into exhibition, which is while lockdown has meant we're all at home more and we're not traveling as much, the storage of film for streamers is a big green ticking time bomb, isn't it, Beatrice? Uh, it, online, in general, any sort of online lose, use, online streaming obviously requires huge service and they uh, eat a lot of energy. So that's why our CO2 uh, emissions didn't go down but went up, uh, you know, continued to grow uh, during lockdown. Um, so the two biggest uh, areas of impact in the film industry are online, anything online, storage, streaming, anything to do with online, our use, the companies providing it. Uh, and the other thing, which is the difficult thing and the sticking point for a lot of the re- rest of the value chain is mobility. And that means travel and about also sending things to places, shipping things to places. But so the areas which are not so much tackled is really getting a film actually to production and then the actual exploitation of the film. And it really bugs me as, you know, having worked for 20 years now in the sales and distribution sector, that my sector basically completely ignores that whole conversation. Yes, there are individuals who are personally concerned and start making changes, but in terms of the sector, it um, and they're not being asked to change yet. Um, and it really <laughs> annoys me. And um, especially in sales and distribution, I mean, I used to, um, but even as a freelancer, I still traveled 10, 12 times. I, uh, I did 10, 12 uh, return flights a year. Um, and when I used to do acquisitions, it was even more because I traveled to markets and festivals. And um, I can tell you that whole sector can't wait to return to that, to that it's part of the lifestyle when you work in that sector. And um, so, and I'm really concerned that this is not tackled because they have to change too. And also, if you're going through all the effort to do a sustainable production, surely you want it to also be sustainably uh, distributed and everybody in the value chain taking the same care. I mean, there's so much to talk about in terms of what you need to look at, but I think that would really blast <laughs> the frame of the session. But just kind of in terms of financing, you know, where is your money coming from? What are these people doing? So just to give it maybe a bit more tangible um, uh Example, for example, one of the things I want to tackle next, personally, all and in business terms, is to bank with an ethical bank. Um, 
and uh, or and what I've decided also to do because I think it's important. You know, we have relationships. Our whole business is built on relationships. We don't want to sever all our good relationships because they're not working in a sustainable way. So I think the best other thing we can do is encourage them to change their ways and um, not expect them to do that immediately, but kind of, you know, maybe help them with information, with maybe giving them, say, listen, have a look at this, maybe do a carbon literacy training. But, uh, but I think as well, Beatrice, I think one of the things that, that, that COVID's proven to people is that physical festivals can be done virtually. You don't have to be at all the festivals. I mean, yeah. I think one of the one of the tricks that we've convinced ourselves over the years is that development starts with going to a festival and trying to attract a financier, trying to get a sales agent, and we believe that's all got to be done face to face. And what has what we've learned over the last eighteen months or so is that maybe that's not true, um, or that we can maybe be a bit more tempered in our enthusiasm to to go everywhere and anywhere whenever we want, wherever we want. Um, now I'm conscious of the time, so I just want to um, before we we sort of stop for five minutes of questions. Beatrice, do you want to do you want to just touch on the final thing? Because obviously, I think we've covered quite a lot in terms of the macro, but also some of the resources and, and ideas of, of what's going on. But we said we'd touch on mental health and well-being. So where where does that fit in with 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 sustainability in your mind? It absolutely fits in because, but first of all, I think when um, you feel less guilty about things, it also makes you feel better. Uh, uh, you know, about yourself and your life. Um, and, you know, if you're environmentally conscious, obviously not feeling you're not doing enough can be quite a guilt trip. So I think um, that's one thing. So it does. And I, I think, uh, I mean, um, one thing, um, and I'm sure, again, um, most of you probably will have come across that, um, the film and TV charity did a study. They published it last year. Uh, I think it was called the Looking Glass uh, Report, uh, where they looked at mental health in the film and TV industry and with disastrous results. Uh, we are above average in terms of our mental health. Um, and that has a lot to do with working conditions. And I just want to give one example going back to production, why I always think social sustainability has to be part and, you know, looking after being and their well, after people and their well-being is if you are down in the food chain, you know, you are maybe a camera system rather than the DOP. You're not getting paid very well on set, yeah? Um, although that's probably not the best example, but, you know, even as a runner. Um, so you're quite low dancer in the food chain. You're going to have this excruciating uh, hours on set. But instead of having then some time off, which is kind of should be the payoff after all this hard work, and then going on to the next set with a nice break, most of these people are in the food chain because of money and because of fear they're not getting that next, next job quick enough they'll go straight on to the next set and they do that all year round. They're not having enough time off. They're not having normal working hours ever. And also when you start out in the industry, it's kind of just expected that you, you put in your 10, 12 hours minimum a day every single day. And uh, so that is, I think, what affects us. So 
but because I did this, uh, uh, so to leave, um, so we need to tackle that as well, alongside with the environment. So that's the point I want to make. But I have some good news. There's kind of really quick things and things you can start doing tomorrow, which will immediately have an impact. And um, so, uh, and I was quite surprised um, that how much impact I actually have. So I went through all this course to learn these three things are the most important things you can do with the best impact on your well-being. Make sure you have over seven hours of sleep. Uh, anything under seven hours is sleep deprivation. Um, exercise, amazing impact. Uh, obviously, find something you like doing. I kind of re, uh, um, re-embraced yoga uh, because the parks were so full. I didn't enjoy going for walks with all these people while we were like, I had high incidence. Um, so, uh, it, and you only have to do 20 to 30 minutes a day. So it's not even that time consuming. And then um, another thing which has a huge impact is small acts of kindness. Doing just even a little thing for somebody has a really great long-term effect on, on your well-being. While if you treat yourself, which is kind of probably the go-to for all of us, you know, having your chocolate or whatever it is that makes you happy, nice meal, it actually is super short, short-term wellness effect while doing something for somebody else is something you can go back to in your head and and maybe they, you know, bring it up again. And it actually even people then thanking you for it then gives you another lease of well-being without ever actually having done another thing. And, um, and actually just, you know, sometimes stopping and thinking about the things that are, um, you know, going well, gratitude, you know, uh, you know, there's no hail at the moment. The sun is shining <laughs> again. Um, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. So, um, I'm, 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 we've we've sort of cut ourselves a bit short there. So, apologies. Um, uh, we do have a time for I guess for a couple of minutes for a couple of questions. Has anybody got anything they'd like to to ask about what what Beatrice has covered this evening? Hi, Beatrice. Hi, Marcus. Well done. That was brilliant. Um, we're running a cycle in cinema around London now. And I think I didn't expect as you started talking to realize that that's directly relevant to what we're trying to get to, I think, is local film events run off a 13-amp fuse using existing resources, programming for communities that aren't getting films, maybe, not to say we avoid Marvel, but creatively very sustainable. And uh, we're taking it around London at the moment. I just wonder whether maybe it's a conversation we should have anyway separately, but you know, apart from the power issue, we're a pretty sustainable model. I just wonder whether the industry itself is still not geared to being sustainable because it seems to me that it's very much a resource-led industry, isn't it? And people that I know, as you know, in the business, they don't expect to cut back. I just wonder how we can sort of spread the message with something like a cycling cinema model, you know, whether because some people, I'll be quick, are very wary of it. They see it's about cycles. It's not. It's about local cinema events, rather like with the Barbican moving pictures. So my question is, is that the exhibition model itself seems to be a problem as well, doesn't it? It is people like you who are making the changes, you know, the kind of smaller venues who are, you know, just do it. And um, and I think a key thing I would say um, is for, 
for what you're doing, all the good work you're doing, make sure you communicate it. Because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do actually excellent work. And the more I look into it, I, I'm really encouraged about how, you know, the people I come across who do uh, bloody amazing things. Um, and, but, you know, uh, it's actually, we don't hear enough about that. So mm. I think, you know, when you run your events, what I would really suggest you doing is create a trailer where you actually explain all the great things you're doing. Um, yeah, so they actually okay. can go away and say, hey, I went to this event and, you know, not only was it a great film I saw, um, I really love how they do things well. For example, um, so this little booklet I already recommended, what mm -hmm. I really liked, so I've, I read it all the way through and I, I'm kind of a person who reads small print in the end. So I read about the authors. And I found out that not only wrote, did they write the book, but they made sure it was printed with mm -hmm. ink and distributed sustainably. So how cool is that? Yeah. That makes it even better, doesn't it? And then, you know, I feel really comfortable recommending it because I think I'm not recommending a bad thing. So they didn't dilute it with bad distribution. So I think it's also demanding, you know, I mean, you're a filmmaker as well. I think just asking questions, it's not, it's really hard when you are, you know, you feel you don't have much leverage. Mm -hmm. um, but I think uh, it's really important that we just maybe start asking a lot of questions. And mm. it's a lot easier to start asking a lot of questions when you're already in the subject. You maybe start making changes in your own life because then you know what you have to ask for. You certainly give me the idea to have our own people encouraged to bring their own popcorn containers, for instance. That sort of thing. Yeah. That's very simple. Bring your own popcorn container and we'll put popcorn in it because that's a simple little change, isn't it? I'm conscious. I'm conscious we've gone over, we've crept over eight o'clock, Vilna, and I'm conscious also you've got a question in the chat. Is there time to raise your questions? If I, I will allow my question um, <laughs> very. <laughs> But I'm, I'm going to keep your answer short. So <laughs> yeah. So this is this is the last question. Uh, is is uh, will not will ask, uh, Is there is there a metric wh whether a flight is higher carbon cost than than a server for streaming? I was really when I um, did that carbon course with Albert. I was really worried at that time about my online storage. And so I did ask the question, I said, well, if it's under one terabyte, you don't have to worry. Obviously, the streaming side of things is different. Uh, but, um, you know, just kind of your personal storage under one terabyte apparently is, is kind of not to worry about and probably not the biggest thing you should tackle. Um, flying is horrendous. And you, um, I think even on the Albert one, but definitely on the Climate Hero one, they actually have separate calculators for different things. So if you want to just check what um, an individual flight, uh, what impact it has, you can just check that flight. And then they ask you also to offset it. So they have a system uh, of uh, projects where you can immediately offset your bad habit. <laughs> but obviously, yeah. the idea is not to uh, offset it. The idea is to change how you do things. So... I mean, I did quite a radical thing. I stopped flying two years ago. So, yeah. I, and I only will take a flight if I really haven't got a choice. I mean, um, but I actually gave up a training course in Australia because I thought 
I don't want to have to fly there anymore. I think it's not mm-hmm. worth it. Even though I have friends there, so it's kind of a bit sad. It wasn't a, a good way to see my friends. Yeah, I, I was just thinking in terms of different distribution models and sharing, um, just thinking about that um, sharing film across, you know, maybe not the physical DCP file or you know, things like yeah. that. I think we should all think about using more uh, hard drives again. Mm. You know, it's kind of just funny thing. We mm. all were encouraged mm. to move into cl- cloud drives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, again, um, you know, when you check which uh, cloud uh, drive you use, maybe just check if they have a system if there's a, a one which is actually operating sustainably and green and using green energy. So that's the way. There's a tech solution to the online problem, which is switching to renewable energies and operating it with renewable energies. Um, and um, the other thing is decrease usage. Well, look, I think that's a, a good place to end on. And it just gives me to say thank you very much, for you, for you giving us your time to watch in. And thank you very much to Beatrice for uh, all the top thank tips and advice. Thank you for having me. It was lovely. If, uh, I'm at the point where I want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just also to say thanks to Stuart and Beatrice for doing the session um, for us on the first day of the Imagination Exchange. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.